Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry. Joining me virtually, as always, from Hedgesville, West Virginia, Mr. Darren Shrewsbury Jr. Darren, how are you this Friday? Not very many complaints this week. I will take that every day of the week and twice on <laughs> Sunday. Speaking of Sunday, last Sunday we got a big surprise. The Patriots beat the Ravens 23-17 in, in Gillette. Uh, you did not uh, watch this game, at least part of it. I know because you had to work at 6 a.m. the next morning. Mm-hmm. But when you found out they'd won, what was your reaction besides what you texted me? I, I Yeah, I woke up that morning and my first thought was, a victory. Uh, we're back. Oh, wait, well, probably not, but a victory. <laughs> it, was, it was nice to see because, frankly, I had no belief that – that they would come away with that victory. Um, so, and I, you know, I walk in to work and my other two fellow Patriots fans there, uh, first things they say is, yo, we won. <laughs> so honestly, it was, it was a nice thing to wake up to. I did not expect it. I don't think what you and I both said on this very podcast, we didn't expect to win. So that's a, mm-hmm. and I expect the win is always I think the best when you don't really see it coming and you and you really feel good about it inside. Exactly. I, you didn't watch the game, but I'm going to grill the I'm going to uh, grill the Ravens for a second. Mm-hmm. If you're down, I did at least watch the highlights. If you're down by six <laughs> with like a minute five left to go in the game, and you need a, a field goal does you absolutely nothing, and you're down like the eight yard line, why the hell are you letting? Seconds run off at a two-minute warning with no timeouts. Why are you running the middle of the field? Why are you running Lamar Jackson? Why? Everything should be down the field. You need to go 92 yards in a minute five. You don't mm-hmm. have time to sit there and let 20 seconds bleed off between plays. That was one of the worst and, quite frankly, most lackadaisical two-minute drills I've ever seen in my life. From a professional yeah. football team coached by John Harbaugh. Exactly. Yeah, I watched. They said I watched the highlights, and that they shown that drive, and not a single play made any sense except for the very last play that ended up being a drop that would have went out of bounds had he caught it. And I was like, not a single play made sense for like the context of a two-minute drive. You just you don't make those plays, and I and especially when you don't have timeouts. So I was I was questioning it as well. I didn't get to watch it in real time, but. Sitting there on the highlights, I'm thinking, John Harbaugh is smarter than this, isn't he? Surely he is. You'd think. He, he, uh, you know what I think happened? I think Jim went on, the, went on the sideline. I think they did a brother switch in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I think Jim went down there and did, and did his own Michigan. I, I'm, I could make fun of Jim Harbaugh. I won't. But I have like a the moron sound like the doo but yeah, I, exactly. I, like, I don't want to make fun of Jim Harbaugh like that, but I mean, come on. If you watch Michigan this year, you know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Michigan is one and three and looked <laughs> hapless against Wisconsin, looked hapless against Michigan State, and quite frankly, looked hapless against, against Indiana. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember who they beat, but it doesn't matter now. Nope. Uh, so... The Patriots have found their formula. It, it, that's their biggest segue. They found their way to win. Grind it out and then only pass on select downs. Basically, my Madden game plan is basically what mm-hmm. it is. I run the ball yeah. like 80% of the time on Madden. I only throw like 15 times a game. But you know what? 
I won a Super Bowl in there last year, so I win. <laughs> exactly. And and when you've got the running core that they have, despite Michelle being out still right now, um, and, you know, James White's available should they need him. Of course, they still use him mostly for receiving. Utilize it. And, of course, you've got Cam Newton there, who we know can run. Just utilize them. And that's what they did. I mean, Damian Harris came in and ran for over 120 yards, and he's perfectly filled Michelle's spot while he's been gone. And that's what you want to see. He hasn't filled it. He's done right taking it. Uh, yeah. I mean, seriously, if Mich- it, look, I still believe in the whole in Bill we trust thing, but if Michelle honestly gets his starting spot back after coming in, I question the coaching staff. <laughs> Damian Harris has earned the right to start for this team until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be... It, it's it's it'll be interesting, and frankly, these are the type of battles you want to have oh, absolutely. when you when you when you know that you've got such great running backs that you know you could shove anyone in there and be fine. You, you know what we're approaching now? Hmm. The Rex Burkhead months. Yep, we're approaching November Rex Burkhead and December Rex Burkhead. That that my my speech and I I don't have a speech impediment, but my stuttering did not help me there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that did not help. But yeah, I mean it. This is the I find the beauty in this because I'm like I'm seeing my entire game plan come to life, and I love it for my yep. team. But it's also like it works. And here's the thing: we haven't seen Cam run as much in the last few weeks, and it's worked. Mm-hmm. He only he he's back there to compliment this this running back core. He doesn't have to yep. be a part of it. Exactly. Utilize him if you need him, not just because you want to use him. Utilize him if it's absolutely necessary or, you know, let him make the decision to run if it needs to be. And that seems to be the case. They're relying on the running back core whose job it is to run the ball. And Jacoby Myers has come out the last few weeks and just balled out. Exactly. And throws a touchdown of all things. Yes, he does. The high school he, quarterback. Yep. He, he's uh, he threw that, and I saw that in the in the um you know the text thread, and I thought, hey, he's pulling a Julian Edelman out there. That's exactly what I thought when I was Let's typing go. that too. <laughs> I was gonna say Jacoby Myers or Edelman. We don't know yet. <laughs> he channels his inner squall. <laughs> we're just when the Patriots get to four and five on the season, they're going to Houston this week, and we'll get to that in a second. But here's my question for you. Is there still hope for the playoff berth this season, or are we still on that fence of, well, we're going to wait and see? I'm still suddenly on the fence, but I think the Patriots believe they, they've got a chance, and that's honestly all we need. You know, I was, I've, I've heard a lot of this this week. There's always that one team that digs itself a hole, but always comes off and rattles off like a 6-1 se- like and one or 7-1 and one record in the last few weeks of the season and gets themselves in contention by week 16-17. Mm-hmm. About, and if they make the playoffs, you don't want to see them because they've been in playoff mode for two months. Yep. This could well be this team. And here's the thing. It's not unprecedented in the Bill Belichick era. In 01, that Super Bowl winning season, they were 5-5 five and five at the end of 10 games. They won six in a row, and actually they, they never lost again. They won 11-5 yep. and, and then won the Super Bowl. So if they get 5-5 five and five this year, well... This is starting to look a lot like 01, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just with the new quarterback at the helm. Yep. Hey, even then, you know, they had quarterback issues then. 
you know, yep. Brady came in. We didn't know what Brady was going to be like. Certainly we didn't because we were like five. But <laughs> they didn't know what Brady was going to be. You have this established quarterback in, in uh, Drew Bledsoe. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not entirely unthinkable. Exactly. But yeah, the Patriots' uh, playoff chance went from 10% to 16% with that one of, with, uh, since uh, week eight after they lost the Bills. So that's what two wins will get you. Uh, I don't know what it would be if they beat the Texans on Sunday, but I'd have to imagine it goes up another significant amount. Mm-hmm. And the other good, the other key thing in these couple, last couple wins is that they've been they've been more secure with the ball. They have not been turning it over in crucial moments, and that's what lost the game in a couple of these games. That lost the Buffalo game, that you know very well could have lost is a factor in losing the Seattle game. Um, you know, it, throwing that it kind of it kind of lost to Denver. Yep. So they're cleaning that up a little bit. And, you know, they're do. And I said two weeks ago, or rather last week, I said that I'm not convinced that the team is back in shape simply because they whooped on. Uh, well, I didn't whoop on. They walked off uh, on a field goal against an, a winless New York Jets team. And they came out and they said, all right, let's bet. That's what they said. And they beat a pretty good Ravens team at their own game. Yep, that's what what's so shocking about it. It's not only did you, it's not one thing to beat who's the who's the who has the most passing yards in the league. Most passing yards in the league? I do not know the answer right off the top of my head. Okay, well let's just say let's just go with the uh, let's just go with the Steelers because they can throw it. It's one thing to beat the Steelers, which no one has done yet. But we one thing to beat the Steelers by lining up and running down their throat. That answer is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Okay. I was going to say Russell, but I wasn't quite sure. It, it was Dak before he got hurt, but then he got hurt. Yeah. And, okay. So let's say we beaten the Seahawks by doing – if they played this game against the Seahawks, they would have won that game. Because mm-hmm. Seahawks can't stop anyone. And the, Russell has to make plays on his own. And up until last night, that hadn't happened in the last few weeks. Excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, it. look, this team is, like we said, we figured out where they figured out what they are. They're a run it, ground and pound, only throw when you have to, don't turn the ball over a team. And if exactly. that's the way you have to win, so be it. I don't care. All I care about is the number of wins in that column. I don't care how you get it. I don't care when you get it. I just want to win. Exactly. I'm going to throw some infam- some funny information. This is only kind of funny, but I'm also throwing in the fact that I totally understand Omar Jackson is it relies on his running game as well. But you, you mentioned that Dak Prescott was at the top before he got injured, and he's been injured for, what, a month now, close to it? Right about, feels. yeah, maybe. Lamar Jackson still has fewer passing yards than Dak Prescott. Wow. According wow. to this NFL stat sheet, Lamar Jackson is – at 1762 and Dak Prescott's at 1856. I, I would imagine this is well like updated after the game. I would think. Um, but either way, as it stands right now on NFL's website, Lamar Jackson is under is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 
20, 25th in the NFL in <laughs> passing yards. <laughs> wow. Dude. <laughs> now, I don't mean to crap on him. Now I know I mean, why I'm I still got to laugh fantasy games. <laughs> it's like, and, and now I know why I'm kind of, I've been managing to rattle, uh, rattle off a few victories in a row before last week getting screwed over. Because Russell Wilson is top of the league. 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions for this man in Russell Wilson. No, no other quarterback. Actually, the only the closest quarterback is Aaron Rodgers with 26. Russell also played a game last night, so he also did just play a game last night. So that that could be that could change a little bit after this week, of course. But still, Aaron Rodgers, I'm starting you. Go off, my friend. Go absolutely <laughs> off and have them all to Monta Monta. Got to Scantling. Yep, I would greatly appreciate that. Great, appreciate that, guys. My goodness, I, I don't didn't even realize you're playing. Just do it. <laughs> so I, another side note: I did not realize that Pat Mahomes was sitting at a twenty-five and one ratio, TD interception ratio. Wow! Like, and he's, he's going up he's against looking, the he's going up against the Raiders defense with like one healthy guy. Yeah, and he's looking to break what he'd be breaking Brady's TD interception ratio from a few years ago. Yeah, it would. Brady only had two picks and like I don't remember. I'm touching. I think it was twenty six and two. That sounds 26, right. Or twenty six or twenty eight and two. Something like that for that season. I keep yep. thinking twenty four, but twenty six might be more accurate. Isn't but it? He, isn't it amazing how the game has evolved to where we're at thirty touchdown passes halfway through the season, and it's like where there have been times where twenty five is your total. Mm-hmm. This season, and we're sitting here at Thanksgiving week twelve, three quarters right through the season. We've already got thirty. Yep, that that's it's, in, it's insane. It really is. I mean, all, all I can say is Russell keep throwing them and keep throwing them DK Metcalf too. I mean, frankly, you could throw them to Lockett or Metcalf, but in in our main league, I've got Metcalf, so please throw I, them to Metcalf. So I just want to see Metcalf <laughs> go off. Yeah, Metcalf is fun to watch. Where's Deshaun Watson in that list? Uh, Deshaun Watson is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. Nine okay. to 2539. All right. Where is, let's see. Where does Newton stand? Newton is at 1535, but obviously he's also been running a decent amount. He's also missed two games. He's also missed two games. Or, no, oh, he missed one. One game, yeah. yeah. Still. Newton... He may as well miss uh, the other game. Let's see, ba- Baker, he's just under Baker Mayfield, Ew. 1646. But they've it's... been relying on what running a lot too, haven't they? Yeah, they've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yep. Isn't that amazing? Everyone looks at Baker Mayfield and the Browns and like, oh, man, they're, they're good. And then you look who is next to it and what his stats are, and you're like, well, maybe not. Yeah. Here's a, that leads me into my next point, which is has Cam turned a corner? And that also brings me into the Texans preview a little bit is which quarterback in the same vein of turning the corner, which quarterback do you like more in the matchup when we get to the matchup as a whole? Cam Newton or Deshaun Watson? Hmm. I think Cam is certainly turning a corner. I mean, he's been like, is it the, when he came back the first, first two weeks of him being back, he, he looked like COVID had got him, right? It looked like right. it messed with his brain and he had no idea what, what, um, what he's doing. Just got lost at home. Yes. Um, and they, it was, it was horrible. Like you, you start to wonder, or you start to sit down and go, no wonder they paid this man a million dollars. Um, More importantly, now, no wonder why he was still available in July. Exactly. 
so then then you know the last two weeks they've he he's been like I said he's been smarter he's not you've relied on his legs as much as he's as he used to um so he's he's making runs when necessary but he's not going up and being the team's leader in rushing uh which frankly I would much rather that scenario um him not being the team leader in rushing when you've got a running back core like this yeah and again he's being he's being safe with the ball he's turned it over very few times in the last two weeks and those all think those are all indicative of he's he's coming back at least from those couple weeks and from covid he's for all intents and purposes he's back um so that that makes me it makes me happy. It definitely seems like he's he's got those communication issues down, uh, at least mostly remedied with his receiving core, and the receiving core seems to be more confident in their routes and their abilities. You know, they're making plays where they normally wouldn't be making plays at the early early in the season, and that's nice. So that's that's all the all the indications that these guys are getting on the right track. Um, and then on the other end, you know, you, you have Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's got, he's got some weapons. I mean, if, if the DeAndre Hopkins was on that, if they didn't trade him away for peanuts, I would be extremely worried. Um, but he's, st- he's still got some weapons and he's still, he can run too. Like he's someone you need to look out for as well. And I mean, they kept Lamar Jackson in check. Granted, it was also extremely rainy, but you know, that, uh, you got to adjust there. Both teams are playing in that same rain, you know. Exactly. Like, okay, no longer excuses. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and what is it? I think the Patriots have won the last four out of five against the Texans. Something like that. They're we, generally the team that they beat. Yeah, and the, the Texans are they're, – they're just really not that great. I mean, here's the, here's the stats that I pull up. I like to pull up these, these – um, stats on the Patriots website comparing the, the the teams. So obviously the Texans are two and seven. Both teams are third in their divisional standings. Um the Patriots have like thirteen more total yards gained. So offensively, like total yards wise, they're basically the exact same in total offense. Um the rushing offense, Patriots are still top five. Uh Texans are bottom of the barrel. They are horrible with rushing offense. And hold on, hold on that thought. Here's their running back core, David Johnson and Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. How and the David hell Johnson. are they bottom like that? <laughs> exactly. How do you get – and look at the rest of their offense, Deshaun Watson, Will Furler, Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb. That mm-hmm. should be a great offense. Exactly. And it's not and, – And something's just not clicking. Like I had, I had Johnson I, – technically I had both Johnsons on my team at any point in this uh, on my fantasy team at any point in this season and Johnson Duke uh, David Johnson came out with an in, uh a concussion I was like all right well I'll, I'll pick up Duke Johnson then cuz you know they've been both they they've been relying on the running game in, in a weird way and but they haven't got the stats but they still at least David had been generally hitting projection like I had I was in a situation for a few weeks where it didn't matter who I was throwing in there they were hitting projection and probably beating it um but now I don't have either of them, and I think I picked up somebody else to replace them uh, for now. Uh, but either way, it, it's a very weird situation. And then, you know, the pass offense is kind of a flipping of the script here because the New, Eng- New England is th- 29th in pass offense, and Texans are 8th. Uh, and 
there's a one point difference in points per game. So Houston has 22.2, Patriots have 21. So basically about the same there as well. Um, bottom of uh, bottom quarter of the league in in points scored per game. Uh, but the New England's defense is allowing fewer points. They are in the top half while Houston's nearing the bottom of the league in points allowed per game uh, with 23 and 20, uh, 28 respectively. So um, that's, it seems like it's, the defense is going to have to step up as usual. I mean, defense has been doing quite well uh, as much as they can. Uh, hopefully Gilmore will be back. That would be nice. But if not, Jackson has been absolutely phenomenal. So has I mean, Jason five, McCoy too. Yeah. I mean, five straight interceptions in games. He literally, I mean, Jackson is, he pretty much topped McCourty's, was it Devin McCourty's uh, streak last week of, of four in a row that won him a October player of the game? I think it was. The AFC last year? I think it was. Um, so he's coming out here, he's like, what, two, three years in the league? He's, he's young in, yeah. in, in the league. And he's just, he's making plays that veterans would be making. I mean, veterans did make last year on this team. Um, and it's, you love to see it. He's literally stepping up in, in, in Gilmore's shoes there. And, and normally they'll complement each other pretty well. Um, the other nice thing is, as you, as I'll say it again, uh, I've said it before, uh, Newton is, I swear he's made of butter uh, because he, he avoids those sacks. They've, they've had 16 sacks allowed this year, but he's avoided, I feel like, so many more. Um, and the Texans, Watson's been sacked 26 times. And that's that's ouch. <laughs> yeah, I I would qu- look when you look at that two and seven record, it doesn't tell you what this team is. This team has mm-hmm. lost four one score games. Yeah, they lost at the Steelers twenty eight twenty one. They lost to the Vikings thirty one twenty three in the game that ended Bill O'Brien's career there. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Titans forty two thirty six. In the Mike Vrabel showed how much of a genius he is by taking a penalty on uh, on. Uh, Late in the game, I think it was a fourth yep. down, uh, <clears throat> and they lost to the Browns ten seven in an absolute monsoon in mm-hmm. uh, in Cleveland. This it, is not as bad a team as they're coming as their record says they are. It really mm, it's it comes it seems to come down to more of coaching in its way or just base like execution, but almost in the coaching realm where like you said, Mike Vrabel basically outsmarted them in that game. Um, so it's. Uh, you're right. They they very well could be you know seven and two for all we know based on those one score games. If if one or two plays go correctly um, in either of those games, and it could even be four and five. This could be mm-hmm. a record a game between two, four, and five teams. Yep. I mean it, it's not unheard of. So yeah, this and here's the thing. You mentioned coaching. They're the first team to fire their head coach this year uh, when Bill O'Brien got 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 uh, terminated. They bring mm-hmm. in Romeo Quinnell was a defensive coordinator, former head coach of the Browns, former Patriots defensive coordinator for the first part of the dynasty, uh, one of the most respected men in all of football. He, but here's the thing. I love Romeo Quinnell. That team didn't change. That team's still losing close games. And then, yeah, it was bad last year. But the Browns' defense is not that good where they can hold you to seven. And if your mm-hmm. defense holds them to ten, you should win the game. Yep. If a de- if an opponent is only scoring ten on you, you should expect to win the football game. I don't care who exactly. you're playing or where it's being played. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a quarterback like Deshaun Watson back there, who is a pocket pass with the ability to run, he's the exact opposite of Lamar Jackson. 
Lamar yeah. Jackson is not as polished a pocket passer. He's not bad, but Deshaun's better. You should, with those weapons, be able to be able to do something besides exactly. score seven points in a game in a monsoon. I mean, yeah. it, no, the, this is a very enigmatic team because, it, they, by all accounts, they should be be better than they are, mm-hmm. but they also find a way to beat themselves. It seems exactly. We'll get out but the one, the one thing that the Patriots need to keep sticking with, and they seem to be on that track. Keep running it down their throat because the Texans have the worst rushing defense in the league. They are they are allowing 167 yards a game in rushing. And you know what that probably is? That <laughs> seems getting a lead on them and saying you can't do anything about it. Yep. Run it down your throat, which translates to this: get a lead early and run it down their throat and get out of there with a win. Exactly. Take advantage of that possession, that 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 time of possession. Run it down their throats. Drain the clock. Let Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead eat, and you know Newton can eat too every now and then. You know, he you know what I want? Fit. I want JJ hmm. Watt sucking wind because he's out there so much. Yep, I want JJ Watt to be absolutely sucking wind. Exactly. H- I mean, bent over, hands on hips, everything. Yep. Now, for the record, we, we I would have said I would I would badge I speak for you. J.J. Watt's a monster. Yes, he is. So you definitely want him sucking wind. Yeah. You definitely want him going, oh, my goodness. How many have you been out here for? They've had the ball like 30 minutes. Like, he's going to be looking at his metaphorical watch and his wrist going, huh, 15 minutes? That's a whole quarter. What am I doing today? What am I still doing out here? <laughs> Guys, help me out. Deshaun Watson's like, well, I used to get a paycheck today. <laughs> exactly. And his paycheck's pretty big, too. Mm-hmm. It's massive. <laughs> All right, so we'll ask the question that we ask every week. Is the Patriots by two and a half, favored by two and a half, fair, or should it be a little bit higher than it is, or is it a little bit low? Fair, high, or low? I think I think the Patriots can walk away with a, with a touchdown victory. So I'm going to say it's low. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, they've eaten into that uh, three-point favorite. The, the Texans go, so it's basically Patriots by five. Ooh. It's basically what they're saying, which is either mm-hmm. a touchdown or a field goal. It's kind of in the middle of a touchdown and a field goal. So, yeah, actually, he's right in the middle of a touchdown and a field goal. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's probably fair for where this game is. I think the Patriots are a touchdown better than the Texans. But mm-hmm. if you consider the three point, they use the three points they usually give to people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, when's the last time the Patriots play in front of a crowd? Was it Kansas City? Uh, probably. This was the first I time they played any other team. First time they played in front of a crowd since Kansas City. If that's if that's the case, mm-hmm. limited also, crowd, but he, still, it's he, people. Here's an here's an interesting piece of information that's uh, that's here at the bottom on this page. Uh, the the Patriots are fifty four and three, or well, rather fifty three and three. They would be fifty four and three since two thousand in the regular season. When players rush for hundred yards, I think they're saying if the Patriots win, and and that's the case, that would be fifty-four and three. Um, so they run, run the ball, take advantage of that absolute garbage rush defense, and walk away with a win, quite literally. Really? Well, wouldn't that be run to wait, run your way to? to... You can walk. I mean, you might as well walk on them. I mean, at this yeah. point, you you probably could walk, and they still couldn't stop you. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 
So here's our little, uh, let's see here, series breakdown. Okay, who leads the all-time series, and what's the difference in the all-time series? Um, I actually I have no clue. Patriots lead it ten to two, eight and two in the regular season, two zero in the playoffs. But in Houston, it's only three two Patriots. The last time they lost was 28-22 to the Texans December 1st last year. Mm-hmm. And the game where everyone was like, where the hell did the Patriots go? Yep. Yeah, that was, uh, was like a what? Excuse me? Yep. So this, this will be an interesting game. It, it really will be. I think this is a game where people who might run off the Texans don't. Therefore, they're capable of showing of providing a good game, and they've proven that before. Mm-hmm. This is one of college football now, and it doesn't affect West Virginia yet. Knock on wood, uh, <laughs> but the COVID is rampant across college football. There have been 15 games postponed or canceled this weekend alone in the sport. As someone who works with COVID every day, except for today and Saturday. Uh, <laughs> five days a week, working your six to three version nine to five. Yep. When you hear fifteen games postponed or canceled, what goes through your mind? Man, it's insane. I mean, okay, so I'll put some. I'll paint a picture for you guys. Yesterday, I felt like we were all running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Oh boy. So, all right. So we've got our sessioners. They intake the samples, they insert the patient information, they put the stuff in the computer, print off the labels, put them on the tubes, put them in a rack, put them in a literal cooler, and we take them out, transfer them to plates for extraction and such. The They get a bunch of boxes from FedEx, and they have a storage area for them. They When they have overflow, they put them in our big walk-in coolers. Yesterday got so bad in samples that there was no more room in our walk-in coolers for their overflow. Um, I was supposed to be in one area of of the process for the day, and I ended up being in a whole entire, I mean, an entirely different area because um, they were so backed up in those areas. So I just stayed there. Um, I, yesterday was one of the days where I genuinely felt tired after work. Not because I woke up early, but because I did not stop moving. Um, like I, I, it was literally only three weeks, maybe a month ago, that we hit a million samples processed, and I swear we're already fifty percent of the way to to two million samples in that lab. Uh, it's insane. And and it's absolutely insane. Like it, it's it's the perfect moment where I sit there and go, "Listen, I, I love this job, but." It didn't have to exist right now. It shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't exist. Make it go away, people. As much as I love my job, make it go away. And now we're at Thanksgiving, basically. Yeah, and it does. It, then that's not going to help at all either. I mean, nope. we're, also, I didn't throw in. We're understaffed for my shift. Oh, we are grossly understaffed. Um, we've had so many people leave in, in September when we had a lull in in, in sample volume people left because they won't get into work too much and then we've lost people since we've been back to to full time and 
I mean, we just lost a guy yesterday because he took a job basically doing the same job, but for AstraZeneca and making more money doing it. Uh, And uh, they have, we're going to lose one of the most productive guys in the lab who, um, who's been there for a few years. He's going to North Carolina and everything like that. And I'm just like, dang, I mean, that would leave me for that shift as one of the fastest processors of the samples in the, or at least, you know, terms of transferring the plates in and whacking them up he's a um, buddy brown of this, of this place yes um and it's it's just it's tough and the the other insane thing is that like i i mean i genuinely don't know if we're gonna get very many people coming in because you know especially during the holidays because they're gonna be like oh I don't want to work during the holidays and all that I mean I'm gonna be working on Thanksgiving luckily I get you know I have I'm off on Fridays anyway and Christmas is off on a, is on a Friday uh, is it but it's it's yep oh. all right so it's, hey it's tired hey Christmas Day show for us <laughs> hey all right then maybe preview a bowl game all right <laughs> so it's it's um it's tiring. And it's insane, and it just needs to stop. And but thank, but you know, despite the CDC saying, guys, just please don't go places for Thanksgiving. Uh, you and I both know I, they will. Yeah, it's gonna happen, and we're going to be hit with ridiculous levels of, of samples come you know the week after. I'm glad I got my Addison Hospital visit done before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I didn't want to go anyway, but I had to go. It made sense. I'm not <laughs> gonna get into that, but it just I, I get it. Why they want yep. to see me in person, I understand it's, it, but it's like, do I have to? Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't want and, to. I mean, it's so bad they started approving overtime again, and I swear everyone's coming in for overtime. Like I had there's one guy that we work with. He's he does four ten hour shift days. So he does Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He came in the last two days. And so I saw him uh 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 on Wednesday. I walked in that morning, I said, Okay, so either you're here early or you're here late. But it was also his day off. So I'm like, what are you doing here? He said, oh, I have no self-respect. So I decided to come in and walk 10 hours. And then he comes in yesterday. And I walk in. I literally ask him, how much do you hate yourself? (laughs) (laughs) What was the response? He he said, oh, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the honesty. This man's working 60 hours uh, in in six days straight and gives himself a day. But you know what? That paycheck's going to be nice. Yeah, Yeah, it will be. 20 hours of overtime, which, which equals for him about 27 bucks an hour. That'll work. Uh, and in, that's about $540 before taxes. That's almost as much as I make in a single paycheck. Oh, that'll um, work. Just fine for me. So it's like, you do you, man. Yeah. But good Lord, I couldn't do it. I mean, yeah. I would take a little bit of overtime if I was a little closer, but that's just, you know, that's just hard. Yeah, really. Because I know they need it. And, and here I am, the guy that worked one uh, Sunday uh, when the snowstorm hit. And I was like, never again. I went out of this job. <laughs> Having to run cut-ins for the NFL games. I'm like, but but the NFL is on. I don't want to do my job. That was the week. That was the day of the Miami Miracle uh, down there when the Patriots yep. lost in Miami. And I'm just like, I, I played. I took your ball yes, you that did. day. Quite, quite well, too. Would you like to hear the uh, list of canceled games this week just to give you an idea of how broad this is? Oh, boy, let's do it because I don't think I'm aware of any. Ohio and Miami of Ohio, canceled. Uh, Utah State at Wyoming, canceled. UAB at UTEP, canceled. 
Charlotte at Marshall, postponed. Navy at USF, postponed. Wake Forest at Duke, postponed. Louisiana Monroe at Louisiana Tech, canceled. Ole Miss at A&M, postponed. Central Arkansas at Louisiana, canceled. Michigan State at Maryland, canceled. San Jose State at Fresno State, canceled. UNLV at Colorado State, canceled. Arizona State at Colorado, canceled. Houston at SMU, postponed. Jeez. It's bad. Very. And let's and let's just put this let, here's some information that a lot of you aren't aware of probably and or just ignore. Everyone's like, oh yeah, these these players probably aren't you know exhibiting very many symptoms. And I mean, as to my knowledge, none of them have passed away. Which, frankly, that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing that none of them passed away. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah, but, I don't want you gonna run. You can keep that opinion to yourself, okay? Yeah. So the 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 important part here is the the CDC has st- released study results where even asymptomatic people are experiencing heart inflammation. And that's obviously a bad thing for athletes. That's a bad thing for anyone, but, ath- but especially athletes who, you know, we all rely on our heart, but, you know, they still, it's a bad thing. That's not a good thing. In any, in any, in any aspect, that's not a good thing. So just take it seriously. I mean, I can't, I'm sick and tired of having to say this seven, eight months down the line with a virus that's killed a million people worldwide. I'm, I'm tired of having to say it. And if and the last thing I'm going to say is if, uh, the people who are like, oh, yeah, but you know, it mostly kills old people. So do, those people, old people didn't deserve to die either. Go, it doesn't matter how old you are. You don't deserve to die from this virus. Go walk to your grandparents' house. Tell them, I don't care if you live or die. Exactly. See how that goes over. And see if you can actually muster the strength to do it. I guarantee you, you don't have the balls to do it. It's ridiculous. Like, there is absolutely no excuse for just simply caring about the person next to you. Yep. Here's a, here's a question for you. We'll get you off of that to some degree. There's been discussions, and I'm asking you this point blank. Should the college football playoff be moved to accommodate for games being rescheduled for COVID. The current playoff date, Selection Sunday, is December 20th. The playoff games will be played on on January 1. The playoff championship game will be this January 11th. Should that be moved back to accommodate for games being moved if the ACS moved their championship game or whatever hell it should be? I think that no matter what you do, it's not going... You're not. I don't feel like you're going to have a legitimate champion regardless. Uh, so frankly, I'm going to just say no. Hmm. Don't move it. I mean, these teams effectively made their bed when they decided to to you know ignore protocols, or you know the the conferences decided to um, make their bed when they decided that they're going to start halfway through the season and play eight straight games and not expect a a game to be canceled. And we've already seen that happen. Looking at you, Big um, Ten. So frankly, it's the these teams should reap the consequences of, of these these conferences and these teams should reap the consequences. If if them missing games disqualifies them from the playoffs, that's their own damn fault because they didn't take this seriously. They didn't take this seriously to begin with by actually playing a season. I'm just gonna straight that I, say I, that seriously. I can't I, I can't disagree with you. Now, granted, we benefited from their having a season by having this show, but doesn't discount the fact that you and I probably would have said, you know what, 
we both I would have I I agreed with it. We, you and I sat right here on this show when the Ivy League announced that they were going to cancel the fall season, mm-hmm. and we expected the entirety of the sports to come crumbling after that. And I think you and I were both genuinely shocked when it didn't. Yep. We were prepared to not have a, a fall season. I was seeing your my website could be converted into an NFL website mm-hmm. for, the, for the fall season because I knew the NFL was going to try it. The NFL does not stop for anything. You know? Exactly. So, and they've proven that. And we also have to throw in the fact that Michigan's governor it, it just issued that three-week order that effectively halts Michigan and Michigan State from playing anyway. I believe Michigan does actually have a game this week. So that's the more confusing part then, if they do have a game. Michigan State had their game postponed because of uh, conflicts within the Maryland. Uh, Yeah, Michigan goes to Rutgers tomorrow. So that's Michigan. Their next home game is when Penn State comes to town the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And in, in what used to be a great game is now a one-win team versus a team that has no wins. And it's like, I mm-hmm. care about this game. Why? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a team. That it was, should have been a heavyweight matchup, and it's battle of a couple babies uh, I had, throwing the binkies. I had, I had that game being deciding who finished the second to Ohio State, the Big Ten East. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Damn it, you Harbaugh! I blame you. I blame <laughs> you Jim Harbaugh for making me look like an absolute idiot. I mean, he was also one of the ones advocating for this season too. He's the so one that con- said on Labor Day weekend Michigan could go play a game in two weeks. Yeah, Shut and up. where did they, you know what? I I feel like them having a losing season right now is is kind of. I'm not a bit. I'm not a big believer in karma, but I feel like it's the exact embodiment of karma. <laughs> like. I, I can't I can't help but laugh at that. COVID going like, play, oh no, you we're, didn't. We're ready to play a game. Gets your butts handed to you every single week. Apparently, you weren't ready, ready there, Mister Harbaugh. Apparently, you were not. Yeah, I mean, just look, okay. They they beat Minnesota week one. Everything's going fine. They lose to Michigan State. They lose to Indiana. No shame in that. And then they get obliterated mm-hmm. by Wisconsin in the Big House, forty nine to eleven. Hmm. Wisconsin hadn't played in two weeks. Oh, Wisconsin hadn't hilarious. played in two weeks and goes into the big house and beats you up by 38. Mm-hmm. Explain that. Hilarious. That's just straight up just horrible. It's hilarious and it's horrible. Here's the last, <laughs> I love it. Here's the last four games for Michigan. At Rutgers, home to Penn State, home to Maryland, at Ohio State. At this rate, Penn State might get their first victory against Michigan. They really might. <laughs> and for that matter, Maryland might too. Well, Maryland's actually won a game, but Maryland might actually beat Michigan. They have Tua's younger brother at the helm. Yep. And Penn State ain't gone good this year either. It's uh, they they lost to Indiana, they lost to Ohio State, they lost to Maryland, they lost to Nebraska. They had a running back opt out because of well him having he a was heart forced condition. to medically retire from football. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, not opt out, retire. Yes, that's that's the phrase I was going to say. Yes, he just, you know, he retired. And I don't know how, you know, I don't know how much they relied on him to begin with. He um, he wasn't, he, he was used. We'll put it that yeah. way. That's fair. But either way, you know, losing a player that you at least utilize to some extent is always a tough hit. <laughs> 
Yep, and it just keeps coming. They're zero and four the first time since like two thousand two. Wow. And you know, they won't fire James Franklin, but he's going to have a lot of questions to answer. Yeah, he's gonna. He's got a lots of explaining to do. Yes, he does. Let's explain West Virginia's win over TCU, which moved the Mountaineers to undefeated at home and winless on the road. Still, we can get into that a little bit later. But when we when that game against TCU, which you only saw the fourth quarter, but you knew what happened because I was telling mm-hmm. you what happened. What stood out? I mean, it was. I don't think they they turned the ball over at all. No, they did not turn the ball over at all. Um, the defense kept the quarterback. I mean, everyone in check. I mean kept them all in check it was straight domination in just about well in literally every aspect of the game um they dominated time of possession the they they dominated total yards they turned it over they caused two turnovers and they they didn't let duggan who was a apparently a dual threat quarterback do much at all you couldn't tell it was a dual threat quarterback you didn't know no. it you never would know he threw an interception. He was basically 50% accurate uh, in throwing the ball, a little bit more than 50%, but not too much more. And I don't think he had very many rushing yards here. Let's see the total yards he had. While you do that, I'm going to say this. When I watched that game, I He had never... 19 rushing yards. <laughs> wow. I never felt like TCU got in. I never felt like TCU settled into the game. Mm-mm. I feel like they were always trying to chase it and get settled in. They never actually did get there. That's nope. how I felt watching that game. And the stats reflect that. Exactly. I, I never once for a second looked at this and went, TCU is in the game. They have a chance to win it. It never felt like it. Once West Virginia got up, it's like, th- 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 this game is over. Mm-hmm. This game is completely over. There is no way on earth TCU climbs themselves back into the game, and they didn't do it. Exactly. That's how it felt like to me. It felt like you get up, see ya, game's over. Mm-hmm. Nice Nice to see you. See you next year in Fort Worth. Exactly. It was, I mean, it was just sheer, it was domination on literally every aspect. I mean, Daigie was accurate. He was consistent. He threw two, he threw two beautiful touchdowns to TJ Simmons. I mean, this, and Letty Brown, he steamrolled these guys. Absolutely steamrolled them. I mean, he, it was, it was, it's like he, he was trying to make some wine and envisioned they were all grapes and just started smashing. He smashed them. This is an area where I say I want wine, but the reality is I don't want wine. So <laughs> I have also can't really drink it. So I would like to see TCU wine, and well, we yeah, get but, to see that. Yeah, Gary Patterson uh, sings as well. He did. He had a song released this uh, this summer. Is a country song kind? Of, maybe you can wine and moan like they do in country songs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. It, I, you know, it was it was. He's wonderful. singing them blues all the way back to Fort Worth. Ah, yep. <laughs> ah, got you. But yeah, it, got him. It it really was domination, like you said. It was, like I said, it never felt like TCU had a prayer in the game. It felt mm-hmm. like once they got down, they didn't fold by any means. It wasn't like they caved, but they, it was not. They didn't. Ever, they never got in the game. Exactly. They happened to be there on the same day West Virginia was playing a football game. Yep. They, they said, hey, guys, we heard you needed someone to play. You, hey, here you, we are. Someone with the Big 12 said we needed to show up here, so I guess we're going to go with it. Yep. Exactly. It was – let's see. Well, I want to see what the uh, – I can't find the pen, – oh, penalties. WVU still was horrible with penalties, though. That's, yep. That, they, 
that's the story of their season is they are just not disciplined in penalties. And I, I can't figure out why. That beats me. I have no idea either. And I don't really understand it. It's like, well, okay. And it always seems penalty scenes rid themselves at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. They, they, we haven't seen it happen yet, at least that I can recall. But I'm waiting for it to happen. But they're going to get off the field on third down. There's going to be a late penalty, and it's going to keep them on the field. Yep. And you know what's going to happen? In two weeks, Oklahoma shows up. It's going to happen against Oklahoma. You're going to have a chance to get off the field and change the game. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a penalty, and they're going to go make pay for it. Exactly. That's what OU does. <clears throat> Doesn't matter who's back there. That's what OU does. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into more of that game on our special Black Friday edition of the program next week. Which means you can't go shopping on me until we're done. So okay. right, I don't do shopping in person. Good. All right, that's right. I mean, yeah. especially not right now. I will not be doing shopping in person. Good. But I, I normally do not do shopping in person. Well, you've already shopped for me online. That is true. And that's what I'm wearing today. He, uh, <laughs> I wasn't actually gonna, I wasn't actually gonna open it until Christmas. I don't usually do that. But your brother was curious, and I thought, well, no sense in har- no harm in uh, feeding curiosity, right? So <laughs> we'll go with that. For those of you who are like, what the hell is he talking about? Darren bought me a nice for the brand Pat McAfee t-shirt, which I thanked him for profusely yesterday. And I do appreciate it. He and I have there's been numerous times we now just shout each other for the brand. Doesn't even matter what we're mm-hmm. talking about, just for the brand. Doesn't even matter. Just exactly. You know what I was expecting, honestly though, when Michael told me they had something for me? Hmm. I did not think this I thought of a strange plant before I thought of this. <laughs> I really did. It's completely off guard. But I appreciate it nonetheless. I have to give something for you now, mm-hmm. and I'll figure that out in due course. But, uh, yeah, I've got to get you, my dad, my brother, our friend, a mutual friend, uh, and my girlfriend. i got to get something for them. Mm-hmm. With a limited budget. Yeah. Yep, not fun. Oh, well, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I do need to get your address, though, send you a Christmas card. But I can, I can do that Will later do. on. But here's the thing. We've got to move on to basketball. Because by the time we speak to you next, West Virginia will hopefully have played a basketball game. And I say hopefully because we've seen some movement in this tournament they're in. Mm-hmm. It's the Bad Boy Mowers Crossover Classic. It's being held in South Dakota. I forget which city it is. I believe it's Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I actually stayed there uh, for a night uh, two years ago uh, on the way to Rushmore. Nice place. Hmm. Uh, I didn't go to town. We stayed at the hotel and walked through a McDonald's, ate a salad, which still seems weird to think about. <laughs> eating McDonald's salad. Like, I'm, I'm coming here to clog my you're not clean it. <laughs> but uh, and went back. And I don't remember what we did that night, but we did. Uh, no, I remember what I did that night. I, um, Dad and I looked up stuff on my laptop. He made me take it with him so we could book stuff if we needed to. Instead of on his phone, because my dad didn't like, doesn't like his phone that much. So, anyway, the point is this. point is that West Virginia is playing Northern Iowa on Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. It's on ESPN. And here's why that game is important. Number one, they were supposed to play Texas A&M the first, uh, first game, and then A&M had COVID issues and they backed out. This tournament at one point had Ohio State, Duke, Utah, and Dayton in it. Huh. Well, Dayton was a replacement team for someone, but if you got Ohio State and Duke and West Virginia and A&M, that's loaded. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. That's loaded. 
Exactly. And going to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, of all places. <laughs> it's like, <clears throat> how did someone just put a map on a dartboard and throw a dart and say, here's where we're going to play? Sounds like That's it. That's what it basically sounds like. It's, hey, this is a dartboard. Put this map of the U.S. there. Okay, we got Okay, good. And, it's like, do, you, uh, do they got a stadium? If not, build one. They have what they call the Sanford Pentagon. Interesting. Don't know anything about it. Just know that's where the game is going to be played. Hmm. Northern Iowa, though, this is actually a rematch from last year's <clears> game <throat> in Cancun. West Virginia erased a 13 or 15 point deficit to win 60-55, and NIU went 25 and six last year and beat Colorado and South Carolina among with their uh, Power Five wins. This team is good. Mm-hmm. And this team is going to challenge you, and they're going to make you earn it. Huggins loves this game, even though he's a little bit disappointed that they had less than have about a week to prepare for it instead of prepping for A and M like they had been, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little bit mad, but he's like, you know what? They're going to be a top fifty team by the end of this thing. That's going to be good if they yep. do. And West Virginia at that point will play either St. Mary's or Memphis uh, in the second round, and then. South Dakota State, Utah State, or Wichita State, along with Creighton, are the listed uh, possible finals. The semifinal will be on Thanksgiving Day or a consolation game, depending on how that goes. And uh, the championship game would be on uh, Black Friday. But Creighton backed out of that tournament last night. I don't know if they've actually gotten a replacement yet or not. I would assume they do, but I haven't seen it yet. And after that game... West Virginia had a game against Youngstown State for December 2nd or Wednesday. That's been postponed because Youngstown State had had to uh, cut the program down for two weeks with COVID. So the next game after that would be the Big East Big 12 battle against Georgetown at Georgetown Sunday, December 6th. That's the opening part of the West Virginia basketball schedule. Here's my question to you. What should we expect from West Virginia this basketball season? We think they probably would have been a Sweet 16 team last year had the tournament been played. Mm-hmm. That's the expectation, I think. But is it fair? Do I think this team got a little bit better? They got a lot of guys coming back. Almost everyone's back. Mm-hmm. Could they be better than they were last year? I and would certainly were, hope. They were last year. Let me get that for you because I had it, and I, I, don't want to, uh, I don't want to leave that out. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were 21-10, and 9-9 in the Big 12. Uh, they ended the season on a two-game winning streak. They were 14-2 and in Morgantown, 4-8 mm-hmm. away from home, and – uh, in true row games and three zero on a neutral court. Okay, you're good. Mm-hmm. And I forget. I, I don't remember how, if at all, far they got through the Big Twelve tournament. Or did they? Did we get the to Big play Twelve that? tournament wasn't even played? That's they, right. It wasn't they, played either. They started it like the play-in game, like the first round, and mm-hmm. then they, and then they canceled the day West Virginia was going to play. That's right. That's right. That's why I don't remember. So yeah, it, it's. I mean, I think Huggins was disappointed. Obviously, everyone was because you're right. They they certainly were were a March Madness contending team. Um, they were 21 and 10 overall. That's that's nothing. To, that's that's nothing to complain about. I mean, they as in typical WVU fashion in any sport, it seems they lost some games that they shouldn't have lost, uh, and that's always the case. I mean, they. They lost to St. John's by two. They shouldn't have lost to St. John's. They mm-hmm. lost to – they basically gave a game to Kansas. Yep. They got swept by Kansas. Uh, they lost uh, 
who they lose to elsewhere. They shouldn't have lost in Lubbock, Texas last year. I don't think they were better than <laughs> Oakland. They lost Oklahoma. They never should have lost Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, TCU shouldn't have beat them. Yep. Texas and shouldn't have beat them. The, Oklahoma the, shouldn't have beat them again in Morgan Town. Yeah. It's like they, the good thing was that, I mean, like you said, they, Kansas, they they fumbled on Kansas quite regularly. I mean, they even fought out with against Ohio State. They played the two, three, and four fourth ranked teams in the nation. That and you know Baylor was number one at one point as well. So their preseason number one this year too. Fun yeah. fact. So they they played a ridiculously tough schedule and they ended that season. And this is the one thing that we that we were sitting here saying, you know what? At least it ended this way, beating the number four team in the nation. To bring themselves up to a, a nine zero conference, a nine nine conference record, so they they were on the up at that point. I mean, they lost three straight. They come back and beat Iowa State, and they they manhandle in all in all effective ways Baylor, the fourth the fourth ranked team in the nation at that point. So they they really were looking to potentially make. A, a a run through the March Madness. I mean, it was it was looking good. They were on that. We're ready to go. Let's go. This um, is a, that was a team that if they got on the roll, look out. Exactly, and this is one that I'm hoping that they they take that frustration that they had at the end of the season where they could have they know they could have pushed it, and they just they just wallop everyone in the in their path. To start I hope the they do. They take that anger out and say, listen. We're going to show you what we could have done in March Madness. Let's win this damn tournament in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Let's win it, okay? They're fully capable of doing it. Here's some notable guys back. Derek Culver is back for his junior season. Emmett Matthews Jr. is back for his junior season. Miles McBride is back for his sophomore season. I love Jordan McCabe, man. He's mm-hmm. the reincarnation of Joe Mazzula to me. Hard nose, in your face, grinded out. I love him. Mm-hmm. He's back for his junior season. And Gabe, Os- Gabe Osaboyan, who I fell in love with last year, even though he didn't play a whole lot, I still fell in love with him. He's back for his senior season. Taz Sherman's back for his senior season. And Big O, Oster Seabway, back for his sophomore season in Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Big O, man, we got ourselves something. Absolutely. He, he decided to, to uh, forego the, the NBA draft. I thought um, for sure he was gone. I, so did I. I saw that. I'm like, man, like – I I always I always advocate against doing that because I'm simply a man of get your degree. You made it. Get that degree. Have something uh, to fall back on if you if you should you fail. And I don't hope you fail, but always always have that. You know, it's just it's an accomplishment. Um, but you know, I get that's not the case for everybody. They they don't see it that way. That's fine. But I, I doesn't mean I'll ever agree with it. Um, but I'm glad he he decided to to stay for at least another year and really build with this program and hopefully take them into a deep March Madness run. I, I really let's get hope. through the season first. Yeah. Okay. I mean, let's just be honest. Let's get through, and that's we, the thing. Get, college basketball faces more than anyone else mm-hmm. is you're right in the middle of winter, in the middle of flu season, and COVID still very much rampant. You can't bubble these teams. Especially mm-hmm. when you get into conference play, you know, it's like you're going to have to stick yep. it out. And here's where college basketball really has a problem. In college football, I named you off the list of those games that are postponed and canceled. Mm-hmm. And outside of being a statistic, they don't really matter much. Okay? No one cares in the greatest uh, college football world if a game in the Sun Belt 
that doesn't involve the ranked team is canceled. Mm-hmm. No one cares. In college basketball, that means something. Because here's how the NCAA tournament is, uh, is, is held, is uh, constructed. If you win your conference tournament, you get in. It doesn't matter what league you're from. It's no, the committee fills out the at-large. They don't rank teams based on – it's not like the football playoff where it's committee thinks for number one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. If you have a team that misses two games, <clears throat> let's say, and they don't get to make those games up, and they drop uh, to from like a, a one seed to a four seed in the conference in the conference tournament mm-hmm. because of that, that changes the entire complexion of the conference tournament. It could change who makes the NCAA tournament. It could change everything. Exactly. Let's. Is it likely? No. But here's the thing: What if a one loses to a sixteen again because that sixteen got in because they won the conference tournament and the favorite to win the conference tournament was out because of COVID? Yep, or change the or the bracket got changed because of COVID. And it's an almost, entirely different thing. Yeah, and I, I have to imagine that it's almost certainly going to happen in some way. It doesn't necessarily mean that sixteen will be to one, but it does. That chance is always there. But it, it, there will certainly end up being teams that should have been there not being there, and teams that probably had no business being there getting shoved in there because of that. It's 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 inevitable. And if there's anything else, if there's anything to show for it. When I'm saying something's inevitable, just look at the the NFL season, look at the NCAA football season, and tell me I'm wrong. You can't. I dare you. I will give you a million dollars. Don't let our friend <laughs> Brian listen to this. He will start yelling at both of us. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And like I said, it, college, college basketball built itself on upsets. Yep. You could be throwing an entirely wrench into this thing and you could have a team that, you know, doesn't get it. And yeah, they can spin it like, oh man, this team shouldn't have been here. Let's see what they do. Won't they get blown out by 40? Yep. What's the point? If Kentucky beats up on someone that they that they should never have been there, what does Kentucky get? What does Kentucky get? Okay, big deal. They they won by 40. Well, what if a team shows up to play in that shouldn't be there? Shows up, takes Kentucky to overtime in the first week, in the first game of the tournament, and on weekends it's Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. You only have mm-hmm. one day in between. What if Kentucky has to go play? Oh, I don't know, West Virginia, who is physical and tough and demanding that second weekend. What if West Virginia beats Kentucky and Kentucky's like, well, you got to take an overtime by those guys? It's like. Yeah, I mean, but at the same point, you could argue, well, maybe you should have played better and not even taken overtime. That's <laughs> a fair point, but, too, but, but you see way, where I'm going with it, you too. Still, the point still stands in that those potential uh, those potential wrenches in the machine uh, being thrown in the cogs um, can possibly, can but definitely show up. And, I mean, as we've seen in the past, even without a pandemic going around, things like that happen. <laughs> and okay, it, UNBC it, beating Virginia. Yep. The only 16 over a one in the history of the NCAA tournament. You know, I, I would also uh, throw this out too. I don't know if you've seen or if I told you, the NCAA is looking to play the entire tournament in one location. Hmm. They've agreed to that. It's rumored to be Indianapolis. Interesting. So that, that, would, that would at least give a maybe a chance – for bubbling in some way. I mean, it, it's still logistically difficult because we're talking about college athletes 
But they from six to eight teams, sort of 15, team, fifteen players deep, plus support staff and coaches. Yeah, it's like there's there's some chance, but uh, it's it's essentially the dumb and dumber meme. So you're telling me there's a chance, right? Um, there's a chance, but I I wouldn't lean on that chance too hard. But it still raises some hey, maybe possibly if we if if this guy goes here and then we shift around, yeah. <laughs> if we play these games at the University at Butler and we play these games at IUPUI and then we play these games at Lucas Oil Stadium, we could make it work. Exactly. It's like the, then, it's like the conspiracy theorist where the guys like has like ev- like the the guys on the wall going crazy, you got like yarn everywhere trying to find uh-huh. the dots. It's like yep. we move this game here, we move this game, and we play four games in one day oh, like, over here. Ohio State goes to the moon and then <laughs> you know Elon Musk jumps in and throws a jetpack. <laughs> then we've got a championship, guys. We've done it. <laughs> Idaho and and uh, and Florida are playing for the March title. And you know what? I won February. <laughs> That's it, how we do it, guys. We've done it. We've cracked the code. The Big Twelve actually is doing some kind of kind of uh, proactive here. Conference games usually start on in the first weekend in January. The Big 12 actually has all teams playing two <clears throat> conference games in the middle of December before the Christmas break to add some uh, breaks in the schedule if they need to, if they need to reschedule games that like, the season. I like the forethought. And they've actually left the last week of the season before the Big 12 tournament opened for that very same reason. At least they're thinking it through. <sighs> West Virginia's two games are home to Iowa State on December 18th. And December 22nd, they go to Kansas. Oh, boy. No easy road there, huh? Not at all. And, there is, and the uh, and actually is that at Kansas starts a game, a stretch of three out of four on the road for WVU. They host Buffalo on December 29th. And then they go to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They do a tour of Oklahoma on January 2nd and 4th. I would have to imagine coming back home to Texas. I would have to imagine they just stay in Oklahoma on Sunday to play that game. On yeah, Monday. they're not coming back. They never, <laughs> I mean, they never do because the Big Twelve was. They have always submitted the request to the Big Twelve to say, "Well, school's out. We don't have to worry about players missing in-person class, which isn't mm-hmm. a problem this year for some. Uh, but while school is out, and we know we don't have class, yep. and we get back-to-back road games. Mm-hmm. The Big Twelve rules, I think, might be an NCAA rule too, but I know it's Big Twelve rule. That says you can't stay more than uh, two. You can't stay out more than three days. Mm-hmm. So you have <clears> to have that one game on back. It has to be sun- it has to be Saturday, Monday, or like Tuesday, Thursday, or whatever, which would never happen. But yeah, it has to be Saturday, Monday. So they have to do it that way. But they always ask, and the Big Twelve almost always gives it to them because they're like, "Well, we're eight hundred miles from my nearest from my nearest conference mate. Mm-hmm. Okay, help us out a little <clears> bit." <throat> and they've always been fairly nice about it. West Virginia does ha- go, does have a, a Big 12 SEC challenge in the middle of conference play on January 30th. Florida comes to the Coliseum. Who? Yep. They end the season at home against Kansas State on February 27th. That is immediately <clears throat> preceded by two games at Texas at TCU. So it's your normal conference schedule 18 games every other every every team twice one at home and one on, on the road mm-hmm. the rest of the non-conference schedule for West Virginia while we've got it is a home dating with Robert Morris on uh, December 9th that's on ESPN plus for those of you interested 
Uh, December 13th, Richmond will come in. I'm going to hate that game because their logo is a spider and I hate spiders. <laughs> uh, Buffalo will be in the Coliseum on uh, December 29th. That is the uh, another Big 12 now on the ESPN Plus game. And then the aforementioned uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge with Florida. They're going to try to reschedule the Youngstown State game, but it has not been announced yet when that will take place. So there's your schedule pretty much. There's your mm-hmm. basketball preview in a very roundabout sort of way. <laughs> I'm the, I, I love watching West Virginia basketball, man. I, I love it. Something about, and I don't, I think Huggins being there has a thing to deal with it because I love Huggins. But it's, it's fun. Do you have that message I sent you with the quote from Bob Huggins? Um, it is huge. It was what? Ah, shit. A couple days ago, right? Yep. Yeah, like Wednesday or something call. like that. Hmm. I, I remember the gist, I don't remember it the exact. Is, let's see. Almost there. Almost there. This should say how much we talk. Yeah, <laughs> go back up a good bit. Oh, there we go. Um, Wait. See, okay, now they're talking about basketball. There it is. Wait a second. That's just South Dakota home game. Wait, what? that's last night. What is that? Let's go again. So here's the te- message where you tell me about A&M being filled on Wednesday. WVU beating Northern Iowa, South Dakota. How far was that? Oh, there we are. It's right above it. From that morning, it says it's fun when you win, and I have yet to find anything fun about losing. That's the motto for this season. Make Huggins have fun. Yep. Because when he doesn't have fun, that usually doesn't mean a whole lot of good for his team. <laughs> that is true. We don't have a hell of a story this week. I imagine we'll have one coming out of uh, the college uh, football stuff that happens this weekend. And we'll have a a uh, a basketball I, I imagine the basket if basketball loses to Northern Iowa, yeah, well, we'll see. Also, we can discuss this later, but after football, this could turn into a basketball show. It very well could. Cause most games are on Saturday, so it'll almost be the same way as if we're doing it now, which is preview the game day before it. But we'll yeah. cross that bridge when we get there. Mm-hmm. Either way, though, we will. I want to talk about basketball some while there's still crossover with football season because I just, why not? But we'll discuss the future of this show when that time arrives. Either way, I'm going to get you to go on the record here before the games start. Expectation for West Virginia this season is? I, I want them to make a deep run in the Big 12 tournament for sure. I'd like them. Actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take that entire back. I want them to win the Big 12 tournament. They've made it so many times. Where they've almost had it, I, I want it, I I want that this year. I, I want at least a Big Twelve title this year. I'm with you. I'm gonna go Big Twelve title, Elite Eight NCAA tournament. That's my goal. It, it's, I'll take a Sweet Sixteen, but I think <clears> this is an Elite Eight, an Elite Eight team. I genuinely mm-hmm. believe that, especially because I think they're gonna be better at making shots than they were last year. And they weren't all that bad last year. They just had their moments. Yep. That's our show. Absence of a hell of a story, but hey, we're in like 70 minutes, okay? We're, we're doing pretty good. That is true. <laughs> For Darren, 
I'm Lucas. We'll be back next week, hopefully previewing a previewing a Patriots win and looking ahead to the dreaded Oklahoma game. And I say that, and if you're a West Virginia fan, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's OU. Doesn't matter where it's at. Get ready, guys. There may or may not be a butt kicking on the way. <laughs> hopefully not. Especially the way OU is going recently. Yep. That's our show, as I said repeatedly now. It's probably getting old, but you know what? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> for Darren, I'm Lucas. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Darren, take us home. Stay safe and stay sane.